0: Welcome to Huntin' Stories, brought to you by Late to the Game Outdoors. Everyone loves a good story, and hunters have some of the best. Our whole mission is to collect and share great stories from hunters just like you, to entertain and keep you motivated all year long. So, pull up a seat around the campfire, cause here we go. Welcome back to another episode of the podcast, and today I want to tell what is technically six stories, uh, but they all flow together into one larger story, which is my black bear curse. Um, I'm not going to lie. I am not typically a big uh, believer in curses or like bad luck, just like, you know, stuff happens. However, uh, I have on six different occasions, attempted to hunt black bears, and something big almost always seems to go wrong. Like, I've had plenty of issues on any given hunt where you have to adapt, or uh, there's just something to overcome. It is a whole other level when it comes to bears, for me. And it. I'm beginning to believe that in some supernatural way, the bears are attacking me for attempting to hunt them. If you do not believe me, Allow me to break it down hunt by hunt. Uh, The very first time I ever tried to hunt black bears was three, maybe close to four years ago now, Uh, and I took my oldest son. He was eight at the time. He just wanted to get out and be a part of the hunting world, and I was just dipping my toe in the bear hunting waters. Like It's an over-the-counter tag uh, here in Arizona, and so I just... Thought, well, I don't have any other hunts going on. Let's just buy a tag, go out and chase some bears. Simple enough. Uh, we had been there four minutes when my son sat on a cactus. And I spent a fair amount of time with uh, my multi-tool just pulling spines out of his butt. Which was terrific. Uh, that was not, like, the biggest deal. Like, we, we bounced back. We had a good rest of the hunt for the most part. Uh, terrible night's sleep because my son gets a little jumpy in a tent. And uh, and the next morning we we got up, we hiked to this glassing point. I had just picked out on a map. Like, all I knew about bear hunting was that they like deep canyons. And so I just looked online and saw this deep canyon. And we hiked up to the edge of it. And I realized I had made a tiny, huge mistake. Uh, This was probably the first time I clearly remember... Uh, recognizing that there's a massive difference between what something looks like on Google Earth and what it's really like in person. Like this was not just like a deep little cut where bears might hang out and you could make a play on them. This was just a massive canyon. So even if we had seen a bear, I could not see a vantage point other than a bear just kind of walking up on us where I would have remotely had a shot if I did take a shot. I have no idea how I'm going to get myself and an 8-year-old kid down this canyon to retrieve the bear. Uh, So it was a bad deal. We uh, hiked back to camp, ate some food, just decided to to pack everything up because I had given up on that canyon. It was just unhuntable for us in that situation. Uh, Drove a little bit back down the way we had come because I had just noticed there was a spot on the elevation where there was just prickly pear everywhere. Again, all I knew about bears at the time was look in the prickly pear. Uh, So we we pulled off and just kind of found a hill and climbed up and glassed and we're glassing at, you know, 11 o'clock on a hot August or September afternoon. Uh, Just anyone who knows anything about Arizona bear hunting knows I'm doing it all wrong. Uh, So we spent a few hours up there, didn't see anything, just tired and hot and a little little dejected. And this was just going to be a quick like camp overnight, hunt the next day, come home that evening So we decided to just call it. Drove home, end of bear hunting. It was a rough intro into the species. Followed that up, decided to uh, take a little more of a a lengthy hunt, uh, a little more aggressive, would require a little bit more hiking, and went solo for what was supposed to be a two or three night, three or four day hunt. And I went out, this was kind of early when the season just opens, which is the end of August. So it's still hot, it's still warm. And I, uh, I drove to this place where I was going to car camp. Uh, and there were a few different uh, drainages and canyons that I could hike to in short distance and start glassing. So I got there in the afternoon, set up camp, went to my first glassing point, And as the sun started to go down, mosquitoes came out in full force. I have uh, lived in Arizona almost my entire life. I have never experienced mosquitoes like this. Like They were just... Driving me insane. They were eating me alive. I have pictures from when I came back from that trip, and they were just eating my shoulders through my shirt, uh, and I just, I had hundreds of mosquito bites. It was so bad. And of course, didn't bring any bug spray with me. So I I glassed, didn't see anything. I called it a night a little bit early because I just couldn't handle the bugs anymore. Uh, Went back to camp. Uh, The bugs were just buzzing my tent all night long. It was nuts. Woke up the next morning, figuring for some reason, like, okay, mosquitoes are usually like a dusk problem. They should be gone. They were still there, still bugging me. And so uh, my plan was to drive down this road, and there were were a series of water tanks. And I was going to, real quick, just kind of walk along, check those tanks, look for tracks, look for sign. Just get a gauge of if I'm in the right area at all. And my plan was to check those, and that would kind of help me evaluate what I was going to do for the rest of the hunt. Like maybe I would move on to a plan B spot, or if there was some sign, I was still planning uh, to probably hop back out to the main road, head into town, which would be about a 20-minute drive, and pick up some bug spray just so I could survive the rest of the hunt. On my way out from camp, I got about a half mile from my camp and uh, heard a... tragically familiar sound which is the shackle on one of my leaf springs breaking on my jeep. I was I was cruising I was I was going slow I was going careful uh, I'm aware that I drive an old Jeep it's a 1993 uh, it's in good shape, relatively low miles but you know stuff sometimes breaks so I, I tried to take it easy when I'm on a rough road and just didn't take it easy enough snapped this shackle and uh, and so then I was stranded. I was stuck. Uh, It was drivable, uh, but you had to be careful. And it certainly wasn't like rock crawlable at the time because there's just metal grinding and it's a bad deal. Uh, So I debated for a while. Should I go back to get my camp? Like, should I try to drive back to it or should I bring camp to the Jeep? Um, Because I started calling around Uh, to shops in the nearby town, which is a smaller town, no one has these parts. Like, it's a simple enough repair if I could get the part, but no one had it. So, I knew I was kind of stuck and was basically done with that hunt. Uh, Ended up having to take four separate trips to and from, bringing my my large car camp to the car. Because I just didn't feel good about heading another half mile back the way I had come, which had broken the jeep in the first place. And so just one load after another, bringing car kit. Like I didn't pack for backpacking, uh, just hauling with my arms whatever I could strap into my pack and and trying to get back to the, the Jeep. I had my big giant cooler preparing for, you know, bear meat uh, that I wasn't, I, I didn't want to just carry a half mile. That sounded miserable. So I rigged up some paracord and like a harness system and just drug it half a mile down the road to the Jeep. Uh, which was delightful, and the I still have that cooler, it still works, uh, and the bottom of it bears the scars of that trip. So, I, I limped the Jeep back out to the main highway, drove like I was that annoying guy in the right lane, driving real slow with his hazards on, all the way, I think I was like 60, 70 miles from home. It was ridiculous, and probably not a great idea, but was my only option. So, Hunt 2 is over with. Later that same year, uh, in the October hunt, I was taking a friend of mine who had never been hunting before. He came to me in like the late spring, early summer, and just said, Hey man, I'm really interested in hunting. I want to go give it a try. What can I go hunt? And he had he had just missed all the draw deadlines for elk and deer and, you know, the normal stuff. And so I said, well, unless you want to wait till next year, uh, we could try bear in the fall. And so he said, that sounded awesome. Let's go. So we planned this bear hunt for when the uh, when the season reopens in the beginning of October, and something crazy happened with our weather. And the day before opening day, the day we were supposed, the day before we were supposed to go up there, this snowstorm blows in to northern Arizona, like just dumps three, four inches of snow all over the forest, uh, and it was still like just wrapping up that following morning. Uh, but him being a new hunter, being super excited, like I, I didn't I felt terrible. Like, well, we should maybe not go. And uh, it's part of the experience, right? You you hunt during some inclement weather, and so we drove up and decided to try to hunt despite the snowstorm, having no idea what it might do to bear activity. Now, leading into this hunt, what continues to convince me there might be a curse: my Jeep had broken again. Not on a bear hunt, but just being old. Uh, it had broken. I had, was waiting on parts that were not ready yet. And so I could not complete the repair before the hunt. And so I had to ask my buddy, hey man, do you mind driving for this hunt? Because my Jeep's out of commission. He was more than fine with that, but he drove a two-wheel drive truck. And now we are heading up to what are just incredibly slushy, snowy, muddy roads And I had this spot marked, this waypoint a buddy of mine had shared with me when he was out hunting uh, elk or deer, he was hunting something else and there was just this hillside loaded with bear scat. So he sent me that and we were going to drive kind of close to that and try to hunt over there. We couldn't make it anywhere close to that spot. I mean, it was down miles and miles down this dirt road that was just at this point a river and we're in a two wheel drive truck. So we drove as far as we could. Pulled off, found a camp spot, and then just decided that the forest is covered with snow uh, in the mornings. It's socked in with fog. Uh, our, my best bet, the only thing I could think of was, okay, well, let's hike around to some places. Either we'll cut a track if there's bears in the area, or we'll just post up in some good spots and do some predator calling and see if anything can happen. We spent a full that full day and then half of the next day doing just that. Hiking through the snow, looking for tracks, calling, uh, no bears. Saw a couple deer, saw some elk, I think. Uh, did not turn up anything even remotely bear related. Uh, that night, uh, my buddy almost froze to death. Like he was, he was using a whole bunch of borrowed gear. So like all the stuff I had upgraded over the years, but kept the old stuff. He was using the old stuff, and there was obviously a reason I upgraded it. So he was freezing to death that whole night. And, uh, and with things looking not super promising, uh, I had a plan B spot, a different, uh, you know, a good drive away from where that was, and uh, we decided to, to hightail it out of there. So we packed up camp, we barely made it out of this slushy road in his two-wheel drive truck, and then drove to this other spot, which was a, kind of a bigger canyon, a much much easier to glass, uh, kind of more traditional spot in stock bear hunting rather than just blindly walking through the woods hoping to run into a bear. And we uh, we set up glass the whole afternoon and evening, and nothing, nothing was happening. Uh, we had the option to stay that night and hunt the next morning, but we both had a wedding we had to be at in the afternoon the following day. And having zero sign, like if we had turned up a bear but just weren't able to make a play, we probably would have stayed and tried again in the morning. But we didn't, and we were cold and tired and muddy, and decided to call it a day. So we went home. <laughs> Hey guys, this is Eric from Late to the Game Outdoors and producer of Hunting Stories. And I wanted to thank Bun and Beanster for making this show possible. These guys are the real deal. Whether you're a seasoned business owner or a startup or running a side hustle like I am, they can help you with your branding, logo, easy-to-manage websites, and fresh creative ideas for your business. They can also help you look the part by helping you design those tricky one-off events. They deliver amazing printed goods, quality apparel, even signage, truly a one-stop creative shop, and they stand by their work guaranteed. For free consultations and useful resources, go to bunandbeanster.com to check them out or catch them on Instagram at bunandbeanster. Now back to the show. At this point, I'm noticing a trend that, uh, that bears and me do not get along, but I'm deranged enough as an individual that somehow this drives me to keep getting out there. Like I am more driven to successfully hunt bears because it's been so difficult. Uh, and so the, the next year passed. I didn't do anything in the spring hunt. And as the next fall ramped up, I started getting ready for bear season again. Um, and I have a buddy who's been on the podcast, Josh Kirchner, great dude, super successful bear hunter. And so I, pick his brain all the time. And I've been trying to put together pieces of the puzzle. Uh, I feel like now I'm armed with a lot more information. Uh, I'm getting closer to them. But I'm still up against this curse. So this year, the year that we... Well, the fall that just passed. We're at the recording of this, we're in the middle of spring season, and the curse is still alive and well. But last fall, I had planned some much bigger, more aggressive bear trips. I was going to go backpacking into an area uh, which, which is nothing new. I backpack all the time, but, uh, decided to never backpacked for bears. That'll be fun. Uh, and the first weekend that I was going to head out in there, uh, I got sick, uh, like kind of one of those nondescript stomach things are really funky and gross. Uh, I woke up the morning that I was going to leave and it was clear that everything was wrong. Uh, So after a handful of trips to the bathroom, I came out and told my wife, yeah, I think I'm not going today. Uh, Decided to give it that day, just try to drink a lot of fluids, settle things down. I was still trying to hold out hope that I would hunt. The next morning I woke up, uh, I was still not feeling great, but you know, the, um, how do I put this delicately? The uh, physical symptoms had slowed down. uh, So I just stupidly decided, you know what, I'm going to go for it. It, it's only, you know, a little over four miles into where I wanted to go. It's a couple thousand feet elevation gain, but it'll, it'll be fine. The, the, I'm packing a day's less food now because my trip just got cut short by being sick. Uh, so I got to the trailhead, got all loaded up, and what was definitely working against me is this was like kind of de- more deserty topography, not forest. And this is Arizona where water is often scarce. So I-, I had no indication that there would be reliable water. So I knew I had to pack all the water I would need. And so I loaded up an extra two and a half, three gallons in a, a bladder that I put in the meat compartment of my pack. So my pack was probably 65, maybe pushing 70 pounds with all my gear and with all the water which is a heavy freaking pack to begin with. And when your body is still a little bit weak from um, ejecting everything you tried to put in it the last 24 hours, it's a bad deal. (laughs) So I started hiking down this trail with this heavy pack. Uh, Less than a half mile in, I was running into fresh bear scat. So I was super like, okay, I'm on the right track. This is going to be awesome. But I was also feeling terrible. Like not just like, oh, this is hard, oh, I'm tired, but you know that like there is something wrong with my body. Like I do not have the energy for this. Uh, and so I, I tried to just keep pushing, tried to slow my pace, I had my trekking poles out. I was I was trying to play it smart, but I, I was just kept pushing mentally, I kind of said like, okay, get to the mile point and you can take a break. Uh, so I pushed it, made it right at a mile, uh, dropped my pack, sat down, and as I was sitting there and it was taking me so long, to recover, to feel like I could stand up again, um, I, I just knew, like, this is this is not good. This is more than just, oh, I'm kind of tired, this is a tough hike, this pack is heavy. This was like, my body is not in a good place to be doing this. So I was texting my wife on the inReach, letting her know, uh, and not really asking, hey, what should I do, because I know what she would say, like, I know what the smart thing is to do. Uh, and decided okay I gotta call this and just uh, dumped all my water that I was packing in to try to lighten the load and just hiked real slowly that mile back out to the the trailhead drove home slept most of the next day uh, it was it was a bad deal the bears got me sick but I was uh, going to not be deterred and as I uh, as I got back to the trailhead um, I was packing, you know, getting my gear situated and just feeling upset and frustrated and also physically just disgusting. Uh, these two old timers came hiking out uh, behind me and they came over and struck up a conversation and, and were telling me what they had been, done, which just is like salt in the wound. Uh, these guys who were, they were talking about their grandkids, they were easily uh, up around 60, uh, told me they just finished making a 15 mile loop through this area that I was trying to, to hunt where I had only made it a mile. Um, but as we were talking and I told them I was looking for bears, they were like, oh man, they're everywhere. Uh, and they kind of told me which areas they were in and, and where they were seeing the most scat. And it was, it was super uh, exciting. I just couldn't go there right at that moment. So made a plan to go back a couple weeks later uh, go to the same general area, but kind of take a detour based on what these guys said, uh, where they were seeing the most scat. This time, was feeling fine. Uh, I packed a little less water. Uh, trying to be a little smarter, even though I was feeling good. Like, 65-70 pounds is a stupid heavy pack, unless you're packing out meat. And uh, so I decided to take a little less water, but what I thought would be enough, and hike into this area. Uh, Unfortunately, I burned way more water just getting there than I expected. Um, The last mile of this hike climbs over a thousand feet and uh, I was just sucking down water. My legs were starting to cramp right towards the very end of that hike uh, between trying to rehydrate, making dinner, everything like that. I woke up the next day and I think I had a liter and a half of water left and I was supposed to be there all day, sleep the next night, hunt the morning and then come out. And I knew that, okay, this is not enough water. <laughs> this, is, this is not going to be good. Uh, but there was also a massive fresh pile of scat uh, 15 yards from my camp. Which I wouldn't set up my camp intentionally that close to bear scat. Uh, but I arrived after dark and didn't know it. Anyway, uh, all day I'm trying to ration my water. Like trying to just grind it out and think, this is... I've got to make it, I've got to make this work. And, uh, and I started to think about uh, down in the bottom of this canyon, this area where I was glassing, uh, there's, there's a couple things on the map that indicate there should be some water if I wanted to go down to the bottom and find it. But at that point, I realized that I had forgotten my water filter. Like, just as I was getting my gear together, usually I, it's, it's small and light enough, I just bring it, even if I don't know for sure I'll find water, but I had forgotten it Uh, because the bears made me forget. So I was grinding it out all day uh, through the hot afternoon, just trying to make myself not drink water. Um, And it really started to mess with my head. Like It started to just get unpleasant. I I laid down, took a nap for a couple hours in the middle of the day, just trying to minimize my activity. And I was down to about a liter of water. And I knew I still had uh, more than four miles back to the trailhead. And... Oh, man, it just, it got to me. Like I just was having this sort of like existential crisis about why in the world am I out here? What is good? Like, what's the purpose of this? Like at this point I wasn't out there because I was having fun. I wasn't out there for the pursuit of bears. I was out there, uh, really out of frustration. Uh, I was still in the middle of this like hunting slump where just nothing has come together. And, and I was just trying to grind it out and spread, Man, I was exhausted, I was thirsty, I was dehydrated. Uh, I've had a few uh, rounds of kidney stones in my life, so I take hydration super seriously. Because if you've ever had those, it's the worst thing a a man can experience from a physical pain standpoint. Uh, So I'm just starting to have all these thoughts like, man, if I get a kidney stone out here in the backcountry, that's going to suck. Like, I don't even know how I'm going to handle that. So decided, like just kind of made this snap decision right as it was getting to 4, 4.30, like the evening where there should start being activity, I decided this is dumb. This is not smart. This, this is just, I'm, I'm having a terrible time. This is not worth it. So packed up my camp, hiked out. I always leave uh, like a jug of water and some Gatorades and stuff back at the Jeep. Um, so I just tried to like uh, ration the last liter of water I had for the hike back out. Uh, I think I ran out with a little over a mile left, made it to the Jeep, and just started chugging stuff and, uh, and came home. And the way life goes, that was the last time I made it out that fall. So, that is five hunts so far where something goes wrong every single time. Some of them are just oversight. It's my own fault. It's poor planning. It's whatever. Most of them are outside my control and uh, is the curse of the bear. Such as this last and final hunt that just happened last week. This one is the most annoying, uh, probably because it's the most expensive, uh, and it was the one that was supposed to have the most potential for success. So this time, I was going out to meet my buddy Josh, the expert bear hunter. He had invited me. He and his brother were going out for a few days. Um, I had a lot of work and a lot of stuff. He knew I couldn't come out for the whole trip, but just said, Hey, if there's a day you can make it up, you're more than welcome. So I took him up on his offer. And I decided to drive in the evening. I was going to meet them at camp, probably a little late. They were already in bed. Uh, I would just sleep there that night, wake up with them early in the morning, uh, hunt the whole next day, and then come home that following night. So I am uh, driving. I am about 14 miles down a dirt road from the highway. And there's about seven miles left to the camp that they are at, where I'm going to meet them. Uh, The road is well-maintained. It's, you know, pretty... Pretty well traveled, a uh, few potholes, few uh, washboard sections, but but nothing crazy at all. And I am again trying to take it easy on my jeep, just kind of cruising at a moderate speed. And at ten o'clock at night, uh, there's like a shudder and a clunk, and something clearly is wrong with the jeep. And after that moment, like. Every, as I go, like I'm hearing this clunking, kind of grinding. If I go over bumps, everything feels much more shaky than it normally would. And I got out like three different times with my flashlight and was checking everything uh, external. And all of that was intact. So I'm becoming increasingly convinced that I've done something to my axle, my differential, something back there where the, the sound is coming from. And I'm in the middle of a dead zone. Like no cell service. I hadn't turned my in-reach back on for the month, and I think, well, crap, it's 10 o'clock at night, I'm in the middle of nowhere, I've got a broken Jeep, it, it can still sort of move, but I don't know how much worse this is going to get, or what exactly is wrong, or if, you know, if my is going to break and the wheel's going to fall off. So I decided, my best bad idea was to uh, put it in four-wheel drive so that the front axle could take some of the burden off the rear axle, and just go super slow, like 10 miles an hour, seven more miles further down that road to meet these guys at camp because they're the nearest help I have. Like they were closer than the main highway. Um, (laughs) They're already in bed and I don't have service to let anyone know what's happening, but this seems like the safest play. So I did that 45 minutes of super slow driving to finally get to, uh, to where they were and they were up this hill. It had rained all that day, Uh, and so the little offshoot road that they were on was so crazy muddy. Um, I decided like it was a go for broke situation. I put it in, uh, four low and just punched the gas and was just slipping and sliding a couple different times where I could feel the Jeep. Like I just barely avoided sliding sideways down into this gully. Uh, but just kind of like rolled in, made it to where they were and just (laughs) immediately shut the Jeep off. Uh, my buddy commented the next morning, like, yeah, I heard you coming in and it sounded like you just killed the Jeep the second you pulled in, uh, which is exactly what I did. Cause I don't know. I was just mad at it. So that night slept terribly. Cause every time I woke up, I st- was thinking and like, couldn't stop my brain from going into problem solving mode. Like how in the world do I get out of here? What am I going to do now? Decided to, well, I'm already here. I might as well enjoy some hunting. So hunted the morning with them. And about 10 o'clock decided, okay, it's time to to start to figure out what in the world I'm going to do with my life. Hiked uh, back to camp, started calling roadside assistance and tow trucks and getting all that. Like trying to describe to a dispatcher lady where I am, like just down this no-name road a certain number of miles. I, I don't have any mile markers to go off of um and then she told the tow truck driver the wrong direction so he started coordinating with me and and told me that yeah well the price they quoted you is going to be a lot more if i have to come all the way to you so uh got started doing the same thing limping my jeep 10 maybe 15 miles an hour back up that dirt road uh to get almost back to the main highway uh where i ran into the tow truck driver and he loaded me up uh took the took the jeep in dropped it at a shop uh I don't know anybody uh in Payson, Arizona, which was the nearest town of any size, uh but just kind of got connected with this shop and uh sure enough, I broke a couple teeth off of uh the gears in the differential. Uh flung metal all over the thing. I have a locker in my differential which is toast now. Uh and so it is a hefty hefty repair that's going to take a couple weeks. So uh, That my Jeep is still suffering the curse of the bear as we speak. Just 90 miles from my house, nothing I can do about it. All that to say, uh, there is definitely a bear curse going on, and I don't know what to do about it except keep trying to hunt. Um, I am going to connect on a bear at some point, almost out of spite now. Like, I have deep respect for all the animals I hunt, um, and I do it for for meat and for fun and because it uh, revives my soul and all those big like existential reasons that I hunt. At this point, I hunt bears just so that they don't win. Uh, that may be weird. That may be petty, but I can't let them get the better of me. So, uh, spring hunt is still going on maybe i don't know i've got one car now uh for the time being but maybe i can get out and connect maybe i have to wait till the fall but i'm going to keep going out there i'm sure there will be more stories of curses and bad things that happen and i don't know at some point my car is going to explode just hopefully i'm not in it uh but the bears will not win and i like to believe that somehow the curse will be lifted when i shoot a bear um i don't know how that logic holds up but it's just about as logical as believing in a curse in the first place so going to shoot a bear and it is going to lift the curse and from here on out i will have zero problems anytime i ever go bear hunting i am going to speak that into existence because it's what i choose to believe well guys that is all i have on the saga of the bear curse Uh, if you have experienced any similar issues uh, i love hearing stories when things go wrong you know as as in the end, it all works out and everybody's safe and whatever. Uh, but those are some of the great stories, how we have to adapt and overcome horrible things that happen. So uh, if you do, please leave me a comment or reach out on the website or, or or whatever. Would love to share some of those stories so I know it's not just me suffering from uh, hunting curses. Thanks again for listening, guys. Uh, as always, please uh, subscribe, share, get, give a rating to the podcast. That, that helps me out a ton. And uh, we'll be back with more hunting stories uh, real soon. Thanks so much for tuning in to Hunting Stories. And if you want to stay up on what we're doing with the podcast or anything else going on with Late to the Game, go ahead and check us out at latetothegameoutdoors.com or give us a follow on Instagram at latetothegameoutdoors. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you guys next time.